developing the mental strength, it is crucial. It is mandatory. And so you have to develop a commitment to why you're getting out the door and use that when you really feel that temptation to quit, to throw in the towel. Hey, hurdlers, Emily Abadi here. Welcome to a special week of content here on the Hurdle feed. It is Run Week in celebration of Global Running Day on Wednesday, June 2nd also my birthday. (laughs) I am bringing five back-to-back episodes dedicated to the sport that changed my life. And that's not an exaggeration in the slightest. As many of you know, I started running back in college with a half mile every single day for a summer. And over the years, that half mile became a mile and then a 5k. And well, now I am a nine-time marathoner and certified run coach via the United Endurance Sports Coaching Academy. That is a mouthful. (laughs) I know we have a lot of runners in the hurdle community, and I made it pretty clear at the start of season six that my goal is to cover all areas of wellness on this show. But I couldn't let this week go by without doing something extra special. On Wednesday of this week, I am going to share with you more about my personal running journey and answer your questions about that. But in the meantime, I am super amped about the lineup of guests this week, kicking off with Jess Movald. She is known to many as a coach for Runner's World, based here in New York City, a longtime friend of mine. And today we are chatting about the long run what it is, how it can differ in length depending on your goals, how to do it better, strategies that you can implement on this particular workout to better slay your next race. So much goodness packed in this episode. We're also going to talk about nutrition and gear and hydration and just all of the things. She's also got, worth highlighting here, a pretty rough first marathon story, as many of us do, to share with all of you, which includes an unfortunate incident with some white shorts, and you may be able to guess where this one is going. Now, I have to say this, this week of content wouldn't be possible without my sponsor, a new one for the show, Tracksmith. Tracksmith is a Boston-based performance running brand dedicated to the community, style, and culture of running. Perfect fit for this week of content. Putting on my Tracksmith gear makes me feel fast, and I know that might sound a little bit silly, but even the science shows that when you feel good, you perform better. On top of just feeling good about my gear, I also feel Amped is an understatement, excited, elated, really, really fortunate to be partnering with Tracksmith because it's unlike any partnership I've brought to you all before and that the company is offering to donate 5% of every purchase using the code HURDLE back to Girls on the Run to help drive change. And note, you'll also get free shipping on this order as well. Now, why I chose Girls on the Run for this is really because I love love, love, love what they're about. Running helped me come into my own and become more confident at such a crucial time in my life. And it's my way to take care of me. And Girls on the Run is all about integrating movement as a tool to help strengthen a sense of confidence in young girls while also fostering care and compassion for self and others. Make sure to check out Tracksmith's new summer collection featuring styles for training and racing in hot weather. My go-tos at the moment are the Alston bra, the Twilight crop tank, which may be my favorite running crop tank top of all time. Bold statement, I know. And do not sleep on the Speed Crew sock. The right sock can change everything. Trust me. 
Do some good today. Head on over to tracksmith.com slash hurdle and use code hurdle at checkout to get free shipping and support girls on the run. Again, that's tracksmith.com slash hurdle. Use hurdle at checkout to get free shipping and support girls on the run. Now, if you're not subscribed to the weekly hurdle yet, you'll want to make sure you do that before Friday because I am coming in hot with a fire newsletter. It's going to have tips and tricks from some of the best in the game about how they take their miles to the next level. And lastly, if you are digging this content, which I truly hope that you are throughout the week, make sure to tag hurdle over on social tag me as well. It's at hurdle podcast. I'm over at Emily Abadi. The more hurdlers, the more love, the better. With that, I'm going to bring you today's episode uninterrupted. Let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm chatting with Jess Movold. She is a running and strength coach based here in New York City. She's known to many as Runner's World Coach. How you doing, Jess? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing? How's Brooklyn? Brooklyn. I know this is the like the first thing that I talk about all of my guests with lately. They're like, how's your new home? My I new home it. is excellent. It's excellent. I'm feeling very blessed, uh, a little less overwhelmed than last week. Thank God. <laughs> well, I'm excited to chat with you today, not just because I adore you, but also because you do a lot of running. And today we are going to talk about long running, which can vary depending on what your goals are. And we'll talk about that in today's episode. Before we get into chatting about the long run, why don't you give us a little insight into your running journey? Now you're coaching for runner's world, but how did you first get into running? So my first introduction to running was short efforts. It was the track. I was in middle school and my dad would go on long runs and come back feeling inspired and, you know, like really pumped for the day. And I never understood it. I honestly, I thought, I always thought it was a little weird. I was like, wow, this guy just like needs to take it back a notch. He comes home so like high on life and I'm just waking up. Um, so the long run was his thing. And he got my older sister into kind of joining his long run and they would run around our neighborhood and be back, you know, hours later. And so I never felt like that was my thing. So I decided to go short and fast. So my relationship with running until I was 20 years old was 3 p.m. track practice. How many 200s are we doing today? And that was it. There was a coach and there was a track. And I never thought about running outside of that. Um, You know, typical college. I didn't run in college. But when I went, moved to New York for an internship, had a lot of time on my hands. Um, and running was free and living in New York City, making no income, being done every day by 4 p.m. I wanted I just organically developed a relationship with running that turned into not only running, but learning myself and some self exploration. And I wanted to learn the city and I started walking at first. And truthfully, I was walking and that turned into running because it was faster. It's like, this is taking a long time. <laughs> and I, even the first day, I wasn't even in running clothes. I honestly wasn't even in running clothes. I was just in like my, my Tommy Hilfiger intern outfit. Um, 
but I became curious. And I think curiosity is something so important for runners because beyond the long run or curious of speed work or curious of the marathon, we have to be curious within ourselves and what we are inspired to go out and do, what we want to go out to do, and then go find out what we actually can do. Because let's face it, running is really hard. And if we don't have that curiosity, that inner drive to get out the door, it feels like a chore. And then there's going to be that point, especially on the long run, when we're saying, why am I doing this? That was in 2008. It was a summer. I ran all around New York City. I didn't have any smart devices. I'd come home, go to G- GMAP pedometer and recall all the streets that I turned down to learn how far I went. And I was like, oh, let's do it again. Let's go again. So then when I came back to finish uh, my senior year of college, I found a local marathon had no idea how to train for it, what I was getting myself into. And I was like, well, I ran around New York. I can do this too. So it was a lot of learning, then learning what not to do, then figuring out what maybe I can do or where that potential might be and um, going from there. So that's my first introduction to running. Wow. Also, just like we need a minute to praise the old technology that we used to use when going on the run. I remember still like my original Nike fuel band. Yes. Yeah. And the nano shuffle. There was a point when I was so into running with music when that thing died. I did. I just it, it literally broke one day and I didn't run for two weeks, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I know. And I still to this day, like I try to every once in a while go for a run without music because I like that it feels like I'm flexing a different mental muscle. But oftentimes if I'm about to head out and I realize I didn't charge my phone or I didn't sync my Garmin with my Spotify playlist or, you know, whatever it might be, I'm like, "Eh, maybe I'll just wait a little bit longer. (laughs) Right. Yeah, we can wait and let that sync real quick. Real quick. Okay. So that, how was that first marathon for you? Oh my gosh. Have you ever seen that photo I posted a long time ago? Like I sacrificed my own level of embarrassment to help other people, you know, not do what I did. I wore, bought my outfit at the expo. Um, I got to the expo at 5 PM. So it was, you know, wrapping up and bought You know that brand? No, Adidas. I don't know why they were selling soccer shorts at a a running expo, but um, I needed a small. They only had the mediums. I'm like, whatever, let's buy it. I buy the medium size white shorts that just didn't fit quite right, but I had never worn them before. So, of course, I didn't know that. I chafed so bad. There's this finish line photo of me, and it's actually a little uh, frightening to look at because my legs chafed so bad with... um, that the white shorts are completely red in the middle. And so a lot of people thought I needed a tampon or something. They're like, what (laughs) is going on? I was like, and I didn't even know it. That little tangent is very cool. The power of the mind. I had, I blocked out all pain. I had no idea what's going on. Someone was like, do you need cream? I'm like, what? What What a story. I was like, What? what do you mean? Do you need cream? I looked down. And I realized what she meant. And then the pain just came flooding in because oh I had God. seen it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So that first marathon was, um, you know, I sh- since then I've shaved off an hour on my marathon time. But it's a lot of what not to do. But I think we have to go through that. We have to learn the from the from experience. 
Yeah, no, we really, we really, really do. So for you now, how many marathons have you run in total? Because I asked this knowing that marathon training is oftentimes where we develop a legitimate relationship with the long run. Yeah, exactly. 16 at this point. Um, so a lot of them are the New York City, which is just obviously an amazing experience. You've done it. It's just so emotional and one that I'll never forget. But yeah, 16 marathons behind me, some better than others. We'll say that. Favorite? You know, I would say the New York City Marathon 2016. And although that course is special, that was just a personal time in my life where I felt like I was pivoting and following, um, you know, some personal passions and taking a risk and leaving a career and, you know, leaving a relationship and really feeling empowered in that sense and using running as my tool to connect to that and to learn that. And really, I found my own sense of confidence at a time that I really, really needed it. Um, so I don't know if it was all of those things or just the day <laughs> in itself, but 2016, that marathon for sure was, was a big turning point for me. Yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that concept of using the run as the thing that helps us get through the other thing, the yes. tough stuff, and as appropriate to the name of the show, the hurdles. So oh, okay. now that we've wrapped a little bit about your running journey, uh, I'd love to to dive into what we're here to talk about, which is really about the long run. So first and foremost, let's establish some benchmarks or parameters around what the long run is, because depending on what it is that you're doing or what it is that you're training for, this is going to vary from person to person, right? Right. Absolutely. And we'll start start with the longest distance. Well, of course, there's more distance ultras uh, and so on, but <laughs> the marathon, you know, it it is learning time on feet. It is spending time doing something that you will be doing for a long period of time emptying glycogen storages, learning how to fuel, learning how to mentally adapt to, to, you know, 90 minutes, two hours, two and a half hours on the run. So I think it's experience, it's developing fitness, but more importantly, it's just go, you know, letting your body learn what that's going to feel like well before race day. And you said it best just there, mentioning the different amounts of time that the long run could take. You know, it's the biggest, it's 90% or it's a high percentage of your weekly mileage. It is, um, and that, you know, applies to everyone, no matter what your mileage is or what your long run is. Like you said, um, you could be training for a 10K and that longest run of the week might be six or seven miles. Um, and that's just as important. It serves the same, you know, place in our training plan as someone who's training for a marathon. It'll be much different. That experience is different. The race in itself is different, but yeah, it's, it's developing a connection to that period of time, um, and time on feet. Exactly. Right. So as you mentioned, the long run is just this specific run during the week where you're spending more time on your feet than perhaps the other days and relevant to whatever it is that you're going after. So whereas you could be training for a 10K and your long run would be six, eight miles max versus training for a marathon where over time that long run gets up 18, 19, 20, et cetera, depending on your training plan. Right. Now, for someone gearing up 
for their long run? What are a few things that you would recommend to them to do to prepare? Well, I think to take it seriously, you know, to put it on your calendar on a day where you feel, you know, I think, yes, the long run falls on the weekends for so many, but it doesn't have to be. Your training plan can be customized to your schedule that works best, but it does need to be pretty routinely placed um, within that, you know, seven day block that you can prioritize it. You can, you know, commit to 90 plus minutes because technically that's where the long run turns into the long run, 90 minutes or more. You know, you want to be able to make it routine. So prioritizing it, mentally managing expectations and knowing that the purpose of the long run is to complete it. You know, and I think it's an opportunity to work through mental obstacles, mental hurdles, mental things that are challenging, learning how to work through them. It is the absolute perfect time to introduce fueling if that's new for you, to find a source of fuel that you can work with or see if it works for you and plan out bathroom stops, plan out water stops, things that you can get ahead of, you know, on race day, we're set up, there's porta potties, you know, in a perfect world, there's places to go to the bathroom, there's people handing you water and or other sources of hydration. But on the long run, it's all up to you. So that's a good time to wear that outfit. So you don't look like me at the finish line to bring the fuel to try out a hydration pack, um, not to try out new shoes. You can get new shoes and, you know, I would suggest four to six miles in a new pair of shoes. And if it works, then introduce them into your long run. But the, the best part about the long run is you just go and get it done. You just threw out so many highlights here. The first highlight that I want to address, the one you just said, was being smart about your gear and trying out gear that you may want to implement for your race in the long run uh, strategically. So if you have a pair of leggings that you like to wear when you're doing shorter stuff, you may not know that they are not going to feel the same going on for a longer period of time. So that long run is a really good opportunity to test out that stuff and like when you're going out on the long run, if we're talking about a gear perspective, you're also bringing with you things that you wouldn't bring on a shorter distance. So you may realize that your favorite pair of running tights actually don't have the storage that you need to take them out and go places right. for longer periods of time. Right. That's so true. So yeah, it's the chance to, and honestly, while the long run can seem daunting and intimidating, I personally feel in my own training that the long run, the pressure is very low. It's like, we're going to be out here for two hours. Let's just, you know, you embrace it. You, But the pressure to me feels very low. Now you might have, you know, someone who is a little bit more advanced in their marathon training or has a particular goal or has a coach that implements speed work in the long run. That takes it to a whole nother level, you know, 10 mile warm up, five mile marathon pace, eight mile cool down is a really extreme workout. And that could also be your long run. But for most cases, your goal is to go out there and to complete it and to learn time on feet, get all those, you know, like new gear, new things out of the way. And so I always go into it like, ah, okay, we got this, you know, easy day, easy day. Don't worry about the pace. Easy day. 
Yeah. And I I mean, that's such a good tip, right? Because so many times I have loved going out for a run with a larger group, but realizing like four or five miles into what could be a 10 to 13 mile run, holy shit, like I am running way too fast for the long run. This is not meant to be a tempo workout. Why am I killing myself? Because then you're ruining the purpose of the run. The purpose of the long run isn't to hit yourself, hit, get yourself into, you know, lactate threshold work. It's to go out there. And as you said, so well, complete it. Right. And also, you know, it's the purpose of the long run is to get in your training, but to stay healthy and injury free. And unlike myself in 2018, where I ran all of my easy runs at race pace, or some of them were just faster than they needed to be. All of my long runs, I felt this pressure to go out and, you know, try to implement my marathon goal pace as in as many miles as I could. I didn't even make it to the start line. It was, you know, um, I sat out from a stress fracture, had an injury. So all of my hard work went into my training and that's as far as it went. So I heard a quote from someone and it's, it's such a good point. And he said, you can train hard, you can race hard, but you can't do both. Now, I think that that has room to be a little confusing or, you know, interpreted in different ways. I think what he meant was you can train hard, train hard as in like stay consistent. That's one thing, but you can't train hard as if it's a race every time you walk out the door because you won't have anything left or you won't even make it to that start line. So there were so many times where I felt this pressure to go out on my long run and to implement marathon pace because you're thinking, well, if I'm running a marathon at some point, I'm training for that. I should really incorporate that pace as much as possible. And the truth is it's like baking a cake. It all comes together at the right time. And when it's finally ready, That's when it all like the magic happens. And that's the beauty of race day. You know, you learn marathon pace in those threshold workouts or in your quality session once a week. Then you develop the fitness and the mileage and the running economy. Then you put it all together after a nice little taper. And I think what's really beautiful about the long run is it really teaches you what you are capable of for so many every weekend as that mileage goes up, it's an opportunity to learn something about yourself that you didn't know before. And to cover new territory week after week and just be reminded of your own potential and your capabilities, it's just such a special, special opportunity. Now, something that I do want to double click on that you said before was touching on fueling because this is a whole other thing that we could wrap about forever. But We'll kind of condense it. So the long run, really great opportunity to experiment with the fuel that you want to use either on race day or just to see what better works with your body. Yes. 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 And you could take that as far back as the night before. You know, how many times have you talked to a new marathoner where it's, you know, we're excited, even myself, we're excited. We have those pre-race jitters. You know, it's the Saturday, the marathon's tomorrow. Oh, what do I eat? Be a pro in your own training, and that can start in your training and start that Saturday night and say, okay, I'm going to have pasta and, you know, insert your meal here, wake up at the time that you know you're going to be set up to lead into your run, start with breakfast, 
you know, coffee, does that work? Do you need a restroom? At what point will that happen? When do you take your goo? What goo do you use? Do you have something? Maybe it's a little bit more natural. Maybe you, you know, need a slice of banana or there's so many fueling things out there. Like you said, we could be here for days, but find what works for you and stick with it. It becomes so hard to know what works when everyone has a different way. And it can be uh, intimidating. It's like, oh, well, they do that. And then they do this. Well, I should try that. Find what works for you and know that that works. And the best part about that is it's hard to know because if you have a long run and nothing bad happens, do we know if it worked? You know, chances are that that fuel probably worked for you. But if you have a long run and there were stomach issues, you had side stitches, you needed to run to a restroom, all of those things, we instantly know what didn't work but it's really hard to know what does work. So try to develop that, you know, intuition or that inner connection with yourself of what works for you and then keep laying that pavement. Practice that before your run. So get really good at it. Something really good to point out here as well. I mean, you said start practicing the night before, but keep in mind that your nutrition throughout the entire week can impact your weekend and how this goes for you. Right. So if you are only thinking about hydrating, if you're tackling your long run on the weekend and you're only thinking about hydrating on Friday afternoon, well, that can still catch up with you. So right. be you know, mindful of what you're putting into your body, especially if you are in a training cycle and that's why you're tackling these long runs because you are putting your body through a very impressive, also very tiresome effort and process. And so to manage that, to, you know, really go after your own big potential, you owe it to yourself to keep your nutrition in mind, not just leading up to the wrong long run, but all week long. Something else that I think is super important for us to wrap a little bit about as well is talking about what to do after yes. the long run. Something that a lot of individuals kind of overlook because you may have one thing on your mind. Maybe it's that post long run meal, which is important, or you have to run off and meet some friends or do something else on your weekend. But let's home in on what we should be doing after the long run is done. Right. And one thing I, I want to insert during the long run is to hydrate and fuel before you feel that crash. Get ahead of it. It's really hard to plan out. You might say, I've heard so many times, I'm not thirsty. I'm not hungry. I, I think I don't need anything. Well, get ahead of that. 30, you know, every 30 minutes, try it out, practice with it. Because what happens is if you wait until that crash, it's too late. And not only does that affect your run, it affects your performance on race day, but it also affects how you feel for the rest of the day. Now I've had long runs that have gone great and I have felt great after throughout the day. And I'm able to just go throughout your day. Maybe it's brunch, maybe it's errands, maybe it's work you have to do. I've felt like a normal person and able to stick to what I had on the agenda. I've had other runs where I didn't bring any fuel. I really didn't prepare properly or set time aside to make sure I had it already. I just kind of, oh, you know, lace on the shoes, head out the door, get it done. And maybe that run went well, but afterwards I'm paying for it. I'm on the couch all day long, canceling plans and just chalking it up to, oh, that's what happens with the long run. And the truth is it's the fuel before the run and hydration, of course, it's the fueling during the run to keep you going and feeling okay on the run. But then afterwards, hydration, 
Um, I love to, you know, a lot of people are dairy free and there's so many options. I don't really have a lot of dairy. Truthfully, I just love chocolate milk after a long run. Love it. I love, I love it. chocolate milk after a long yeah, run too. So that's really the only time I have it. Um, and ice cream, of course, but chocolate milk, a protein shake, even if you're not hungry, a lot of people say, oh, the last thing I want to do, I feel nauseous and queasy is to sit down and eat something. And that's fine. But get something, a protein shake, mix it with almond milk, do something to let your body start that recovery process um, as challenging as it might be. Uh, you know, and then of course a meal at least less than an hour after that is important. You want to start letting your body re-nourish and, you know, repair before you feel totally off your feet. And then you just pay the price there. So true. So true. And then also important aside from nutrition is making sure that you are doing the things that you need to do to recover. So making sure that you are stretching static after your run and then perhaps are incorporating other recovery modalities depending on what you have access to. So maybe you have uh, different tools like a percussive therapy gun or you have something like Normatec compression boots, or you, you know, there are just so a foam roller, even there are so many different options out there. And just like your fueling strategy, your recovery strategy is one that's going to be really personal to you as well. So right. trying out different things and seeing what empowers you just to feel a little bit better as the days go on. Yeah. And then it gives, builds up confidence. Then you feel like you're recovering a little faster. The next day feels a little easier. Um, and those little pieces all make up training. So true. So true. So outside of the nutrition and the preparation and the post, the recovery, one thing that we haven't tackled just yet is the mental side of the long mm -hmm. run. Because as we've established, you're going to be out there for a while. And with that time on your feet can certainly come a fair slew of mental hurdles, so to speak. So for the runner that gets out there and, you know, they feel good, mile one, mile two, mile three, and then they look down and they're like, shoot, I still have six, seven miles to go, depending on what you have going on. And you're like, I just don't know if I can do this. What's your piece of advice for them to develop that mental strength? So I think the biggest part is knowing your own body and really developing the mental strength within yourself. Um, there's, there's a few things, you know, there are times not to always give the hall pass, but there are times when you have to be mature enough and smart enough in your training where you make an adjustment. If it's, you know, the summer heat or a lot of things that are going on there, you just feel like you need to make this 22 mile run, a 20 mile run. That's fine. Do that. Make that exception. Know that there is flexibility in training to set yourself up to, you know, be ready on race day. It's not a one sheet PDF that you have to live by, but it is designed to set you up. So it's a structure you want to try to stay consistent with. And if I think so, you need to be honest with yourself on that run. If you really feel, you know, one way or the other in terms of wanting to quit for pain or whatever it is, be able to make those adjustments, but more so commit to it. I think that starts before the run. Having the right mindset before the run is key. And I've had days where it's a chore for me. And those days are the ones where I'm really challenged and tempted to just call it. Then you go into it like, listen, 
this is going to be awesome. I'm going to crush this. I'm committed to this X mileage run and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get through it. And when I have that mindset, even if I stop for a few times or stop for water or slow down or pivot or stretch, I keep going because I've eliminated the option of quitting. But we know, and it really requires being honest with yourself, we know when we're going into something full-heartedly, really wanting to do it, or we're going into it already looking for the excuse to quit. And when you're already yeah. looking for that excuse to quit, it is so easy to just to find the one little thing to say, yep, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm you know, calling, pulling the plug on this. So I really encourage you to, to commit to the mileage, walk when you need to, but the victory on the other side is so amazing. And little things, we all have things that keep us going, whether it's numbers or just get through the song or just get through that next, next mile marker. There have been times, and I know it sounds kind of silly, but I'm, I'm thinking about my future self and how proud I'm going to feel when I finish that run. I've even, you know, to admit this, I've even thought about how good I'm going to feel to take that post run picture. And I'm like, okay, what's the caption going to be when I'm finished with this run? I feel so proud of myself that I did it. And I want to share it. Uh, Because the long run, especially for those training throughout the summer is so hard sometimes. So developing the mental strength is not a make or break in the training. It is crucial. It is mandatory. And so you have to develop a commitment to why you're getting out the door and use that when you really feel that temptation to quit, to throw in the towel. Um, and I think that that's tough. It's hard to learn. It's hard to cultivate that. I love uh, that idea of thinking of the Instagram caption beforehand. And I also think that kind of goes hand in hand with having mantras or words of affirmation that you tell yourself when these runs get hard and you pull them out at these specific instances. Because when you hear these motivational sayings, so to speak, like, I didn't come this far to only come this far or whatever your go-to may be, that's mine. I love that. You know that, okay, like, this is it. I'm here. I'm in it. And I am capable of this hard, hard thing. Yeah. And I've heard parents say, you know, I want to come back home to my four-year-old daughter and say, I did it. I'm so proud of myself. So find that. Maybe it's um, not a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's someone who doesn't have the ability to do this. Do it for something outside of yourself or create an element of accountability. And one of, you know, a big, big kudos to you and the community that you've built. I've seen so many people share their adventure, um, you know, and tag hurdle and tag things that motivate them and do it for those people. So anyone listening, do it for someone else that is looking for inspiration or needing that teamwork and community and accountability. Because when you do it for those reasons, we don't even stop to think about, should I quit? That is not even an option. You know, think about runs where you feel so empowered and you can't wait to get back and show someone that you can do it, that we're capable of it. And I think that's a really good point. Like you don't need to have like tens of thousands of followers to motivate someone else or inspire someone else. Like you just being you as you are a unique individual, you're one of a kind, that effort can inspire anyone, anywhere, at any time. And that's such a special opportunity. It really is. And we never know that that's happening. You know, it's this rare magic that happens and it's motivating to ourselves when we realize that. 
Do you recall a hard run that you so badly wanted to quit and stuck out? Oh, how many? Yes. I can't even think of exactly one. I have had so many of those. And for that reason, I, you know, I, one in particular, it was 2019 summer. It was so hot. I left too late in the day. I had pretty sure it was like an 18 mile run. I got, I had this route planned and it by design took me away from home. So I had to then come back And as I was going, I live in the city and I was over the Brooklyn Bridge and I was in Dumbbell heading to Red Hook. And by the time I got to Red Hook, I would then come back and it was tough. I stopped so many times. And that day was like, I even stopped and started crying. I didn't have my phone. And I was just like, why can't I do this? Like, why can I not do this? And I, the truth is, I know I could do it, but I was doing it that day in particular for the wrong reasons. I was doing it to, I I don't know, just all of the wrong reasons. And I personally just didn't want to be there at that time. So I realized that the best thing I could do for myself that in that moment was just a little bit of like forgiveness and patience and understanding. And in that moment, I was like, let's go home. Let's go home. I turned back around and it was a win for me because I got back. It was 13 miles. I was like, listen, It wasn't 18 miles, but it was 13 miles. And to anyone, if that does happen to you, the next day, don't make up those five. Don't make up those five miles later. Don't move on. It's a new day. That day is behind me. And then there are other days where I've had very, you know, near to similar experiences in the park. And I kept going. And I was like, listen, give yourself a few minutes, take a second, have a little pep talk, and let's keep going. And I even said to myself, I was like, listen, you talk about positive thinking a lot. You talk about saying things to keep you going, changing the narrative that's going on in here, especially when it gets hard. And I was like, even if you don't have those things to wholeheartedly believe, just start thinking them and saying them. Honestly, it was the weirdest thing. I felt better. I felt motivated. I felt like I got this new burst of energy and it worked. Not, I don't want to say fake it till you make it, but you know, I think you people hear runners and even maybe me saying, Oh, I love running, it's so great. And it is hard, you know. I have plenty of times when I'm in that run and there is nothing enjoyable about it, but I've made the decision to make that shift. And on that particular run, it's like, You got this, you're awesome, you can keep going. This hill is hard, but you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I was almost like talking to myself out loud and then laughing at myself. And then all of it felt better. Um, And I was able to get that run in. I love that. I absolutely love that. I love being your own hype man. And I think you just really hit home the narrative and the idea that like we talk to ourselves the most in any given day. I've said it on the pod before. I'm saying it again now because it's just so relevant, especially on this topic. Like you have the opportunity to frame your mindset going after what it is that you want. And on the long run, that is just so, so key. Yeah. And it's <sighs> delicate. It's something to really protect. I think, you know, we're in a, it, Instagram is awesome. Strava is awesome, but it can also create this sense of, um, comparison or inner judgment. And that's just, you have to block that out and say, listen, I am me. I am my own person. Because if those thoughts go on your run with you, 
the whole time, you're not saying you're awesome. You can do this. This is fantastic. This is hard, but you can keep going. You're saying, well, I'm not holding this pace. I'm not doing this mileage. It's this like, and running in itself is hard. So we make it harder and just the minute practice, it takes practice to feel those thoughts coming in and say, nope, not today. We're going to, we're going to keep this on a high note and um, do whatever you have to do. It's a, it is really an exercise that you have to strengthen. So speaking of long runs, I'm going to finish us off here by acknowledging that this is coming out the first week in June. Cool. So you will have just completed a rather long oh, run. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> yes, that's true. How do you forget? How do you forget? Oh I my know, God. I know. Well, big shout out to Jess Woods, who's already out there crushing it. But yes. So I do have a long run coming up and I said it once. I'm going to officially say it here. This is my last trip to the desert. Last trip. <laughs> Jess is going to complete something, participate in something called the Speed Project, which is a typically marathon relay, uh, a relay running effort from the Santa Monica Pier to the Las Vegas sign. Yes. yes. What a dope thing. What Team a dope thing. Um, yeah, I have to, I have to find my toughness. I, I got to have some pep talks with myself later today. <laughs> well, I'll be cheering you on throughout the weekend. And I know that the hurdlers are going to be excited to continue to follow along with you as time goes on. Thanks so much for sitting down with me. Thanks for your tips. How do they follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give us all the details. Oh, thank you. Well, I am at Jess Movald on my own personal account. It's a mixture of random things. Um, my family, my, you know, life running, strength training. And then I also run the Runner's World Coach account account. Um, it's me and coach PJ over there. So we, um, handle that account together. And on Wednesdays I do workouts on the runner's world mag account at 12. So, at 12. Hey, I could see you there in like 40 minutes. <laughs> well, enticing, enticing. I'll think about it. Good, good. <laughs> I'm over at Emily, a body and at hurdle podcast, another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.